Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 40 The Black Marsh After the inadvertent massacre in China country, the three travelers found themselves in the Black Marsh. The grass grew long and stiff, like porcupine quills sprouting from the earth's surface. The tips of the grass were razor-sharp, cutting into them no matter how carefully or slowly they moved. Dorothy cut a blanket in half and wrapped her legs up to avoid more injury. She wrapped the lion's legs in bandages as well for the same reason. Mister simply rode on the lion's back as he was already tattered enough as it was. The ground was spongy and damp. As their feet sank in ever so slightly with each passing step, the grass closed around them. The ground was covered with a sticky black, tar-like substance that reeked of death. As they traveled further along, the grass became shorter. It was still sharp, though not as sharp, and Dorothy found herself sinking into the tar with each passing step, until eventually she was waist-deep. Unable to move through the marshy, boggy mud and tar, her claustrophobia quickly set in. Mister. Lion. Help. Help me. Please, please, just help. The two of them turned around and hurriedly ran to her aid. Mister climbed off the lion and found himself to be light enough that he would not sink into the ground. He was also of very little help, as he was the weakest and flimsiest of the group. The lion, on the other hand, was heavy, but his weight was spread out in a way that made it difficult for him to sink more than an inch or two. He opened his mouth and moved in closer to grab her and pull her to safety. No, 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 Dorothy said as the giant maw of the lion moved toward her head. The lion stopped and looked at her with an air of sadness in his eyes. Nothing personal, lion. It's just that you're liable to bite my head off if you help me that way. The lion gave a gentle nod and backed away. What should we do? asked mister. You're sinking. I know that, mister, said Dorothy. He stepped back a little, the way a child does when scolded for no particular reason. Sorry. I just... I just need to... I just need to think for a minute. Just, I just need to think for a minute. The lion turned away and lowered his tail to her. I think he wants you to grab it, said Mr. Dorothy held back a sarcastic remark and simply nodded as she reached for the lion's tail. He roared and whimpered as he pulled Dorothy out of the marsh. 
Even a great and powerful lion still felt pain when someone pulled his tail. He pressed forward, slowly pulling Dorothy out of the muck and free of the grip of this spiteful land. Dorothy managed to get to her mud-covered feet, and together they moved onward to more solid ground. Once on more suitable terrain for travel, away from the razor grass and tar, they found themselves following a very clear and well-kept path. Along the edges of the path, they found a disturbing trail of carnage. Dead birds at first. Nothing too worrisome. The further they traveled, however, the larger the animals got. Goats here and there, the occasional reindeer, and before long, the carcasses of bears began to appear. Everything dead and horribly disfigured. Their insides on the outside, and the ground became spongy and red. Blood and gore hanging from the oak trees sent an ominous message that the travelers did not take lightly. Moving more and more cautiously, the trio became equally worried. The lion even ducked back and slowed at the sight of a severed lion's head, dangling by its spine from a low-hanging branch. What do you think happened here? asked Mr., not looking at Dorothy. I don't know, answered Dorothy, not looking at Mr. But whatever happened here, it's likely to happen to us if we're not careful. Or quick, added Mr. A loud buzz echoed through the land. The trees began to shake, and their leaves floated calmly to the ground around them. Dorothy continued onward, pulling her knife from its sheath. The three of them came to a stop as the buzzing became louder and louder, and then the buzzing stopped as well. Mister and the lion stood silently behind Dorothy, awaiting her next move. She proceeded with extreme caution. Her fellow travelers slowly followed behind her. After only a few minutes of walking in silence, they eventually put themselves back at ease. Dorothy sheathed her knife, and they continued onward. The trees became thicker and grew closer together, and the path all but disappeared before they found themselves at a small wooden gate that opened into a large clearing. White cocoons hung from the trees at the edges of the clearing and littered the ground. Some of them were small, some of them were bigger than Dorothy. Some were pristine white, while others were white only on the top half, and blood red on the bottom. The ones that were only half white appeared to be slowly dripping something on the ground below. Tap. 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 Dorothy had a very good idea of what this liquid was. In fact, she knew what it was. It was blood. The buzzing returned, and a large spider-like creature fell to the ground. Dorothy and her party retreated into the forest, taking cover behind a large tree. Cautiously peeking out, they watched the creature. It had the body of a giant spider, 
and had large mosquito-like wings on its back. It had six legs, sharp and to a point, each with small bristles of hair covering them. The creature had two long hairless arms up front with massive flat hands, complete with long spindly fingers, each tipped with long, sharp fingernails. The creature's head was somewhat human-shaped and had stringy black hair that fell over its face. They all watched with morbid curiosity as it scurried around the clearing, watching as it moved from one cocoon to the next. It sniffed the first one. It was completely white and left it alone. It sniffed the second one in the same fashion, also completely white, and left it alone as well. It moved on to the third one, red halfway down and dripping. Tap, tap, tap. It sniffed this one and nuzzled it. It perversely grunted and breathed heavily as a long, pointed tongue emerged from its hair-covered face. They watched in horror and disgust as it licked the bottom of the cocoon where the blood had begun to saturate it. It started breathing heavier and heavier, grunting louder and louder. None of the travelers wanted to see what was going to happen next, but none of them could tear their eyes away from this bizarre spectacle. It raised a hand, and with one long finger extended, it sliced the cocoon open. Its contents fell to the ground in a thick, wet, sloppy red mess, with a loud plop. Dorothy's stomach began to churn at the mere sound, let alone the sight. The creature immediately lowered its head to the ground and began lapping up the mess with its long tongue. With the same perversion as when it smelled the cocoon, it grunted, snorted, and groaned, loudly slurping the entire time. Dorothy tried to hold back the disgust but failed. Jesus, fuck, she said as she turned away. The creature immediately brought his head up and looked around, spotting Mister peeking out from behind the tree. With its single finger still red from slicing open the cocoon, it moved one side of its hair out of its face and tucked it behind his ear. With half his face showing, a large red eye bulged out, and a thin, lipless grin stretched across his face. Um, Dorothy, I think it sees us. She quickly collected herself and turned around, just in time to see the creature lift off and shoot into the sky. It was gone before they knew what happened. Where is it? asked Dorothy, looking up into the trees. Where the fuck did it go? In line with the standard horror movie cliché, they ran into the clearing and stopped in the middle. It seemed like a good idea, but in retrospect, it was not particularly wise on their parts. The buzzing started again, and the trees began to vibrate as they did before. The travelers looked into the sky, desperately seeking any sign of life, or any indication of what direction the creature might be coming from when it inevitably returned. It came back quickly, flying into the center of the sky, 
just above the clearing. It came down directly on top of Mr. Ah, get it off me! Get it! Get it off! Get it off! He screamed as he flailed about. The long legs of the creature pierced his soft body and ripped him to shreds within seconds, throwing tufts of hay and straw into the air until he fell silent. Dorothy watched in shock. She was not sure if Mr. could survive what had just happened to him. The shock was only momentary, as the creature quickly turned his attention to Dorothy, grabbing her with one long arm and wrapping his massive hand around her neck. He lifted her off the ground and thrashed her up and down several times until she stopped moving altogether. The lion watched as the creature attempted to take flight with Dorothy in its arms. She was too heavy. The creature found itself unable to lift off with a load larger than the usual munchkin or winky, or whatever race of small person happened to cross its path. He instead decided to simply run off with her. Even grounded, his six legs moved at a speed that made the lion seem slow and lumbering by comparison. The lion gave chase, weaving in and out of the trees, following as closely as possible, which he feared would not be close enough. The creature buzzed through the marshland without so much as looking back, Dorothy's hopefully unconscious body dragging along the forest floor over patches of razor grass and rocks. The lion followed through the streams and up and down the mountainous terrain, but ultimately lost the chase when he stumbled and fell into a dry creek bed. He climbed out as quickly as he had fallen in, but it was too late. The creature, along with Dorothy, was gone. The creature may have escaped the wrath of the lion for the time being, but the large, colorless beast was not about to give up the search for his friend, his savior. He moved through the forest, following a trail of broken branches and flattened patches of grass. He followed drag marks in the mud and sniffed the occasional clump of hair and spatter of blood. He was not far behind. He followed and tracked until he came across yet another clearing. This one had only one cocoon, pristine and white, and hanging from a tree. The creature was lying beneath it and sound asleep. The lion crept into the clearing, the leaves crunching beneath his heavy paws. He occasionally stopped in fear that the creature would awaken, but it was apparently a very sound sleeper. Crouching down and creeping closer, he was well aware of the fact that this was his best chance at getting Dorothy back, alive or dead. The creature was bigger than the lion, and its six sharp legs outnumbered his four paws, no matter how sharp his claws were. Climbing into the trees, the lion moved stealthily through the branches until he was positioned directly above his prey. He looked down and chose his moment carefully. The creature awoke as all the air in its lungs was forced out. It squealed in pain as it felt one of its wings being ripped off. 
It squealed even louder as it felt five sharp claws digging into its back. Raising itself up on its sharp legs, it began to violently buck and thrash until its assailant was thrown off. Breathing heavily, it moved the hair out of its face once more to see what beast, what creature had the gall to attack it. He smiled when he saw his opponent and hissed, its long tongue slowly uncurling from its mouth, filled with razor-sharp fangs. The lion remained unshaken. Even when he was thrown off the creature and brutally thrust into the trunk of a large tree. He got back up and without so much as a second thought charged back into battle. He clawed and nipped at the creature, swiping at its face, occasionally making contact, but never enough to do any real damage. The creature reared up like a horse, standing on its back two legs and opened wide with its other four. It danced toward its adversary. The lion crouched even closer to the ground at the sight. If he did not act quickly, it would almost certainly be the end of him. He jumped back as the creature brought its sharp legs down with such force they not only pierced the earth's surface, but they dug in a good nine inches, if not more. The lion watched as it struggled to free its four legs, pushing on the ground with his long arms, but to no avail. The lion instantly took advantage of the situation. He ran around to the back of the creature, to avoid being grabbed by its long arms and massive hands. He leaped onto its back and began furiously ripping into it. It cried out in pain as its attacker clawed its way through its back and out its stomach. The sound of the flesh tearing, the organs sloppily landing on the ground, the bones crunching, and the creature's dying, piercing screams were so loud that every bird in every tree for miles flew off in fear of whatever was in the forest. Once the frenzied beast came around and realized the job was done, he slowly stepped back and watched as the creature's two unbound legs curled tightly inward. He walked around to the front to make sure it was dead. Simply seeing the lifeless body of this thing was not enough. Opening his giant mouth, he placed it carefully, gently, thoughtfully, around the head of this monstrosity, and with one good pull, he ripped it clean off. He dropped the severed head into the stream of gushing blood from the gaping hole in its neck. The job was done. He carefully raised his massive body up on his hind legs and gently hugged the cocoon. He brought it down with gentle ease, and upon getting it opened, he found the lifeless body of Dorothy Gale. Her skin had become paler than before. Her cheeks had sunken in, and her eyes had formed black and blue rings around them. The lion nudged her with his large wet nose in a fruitless attempt to wake her. A morose wave of sadness washed over his entire body from head to tail. 
he laid down beside her and softly whimpered until sleep finally took hold of his own tired and battered body. The lion was awakened by the sound of damp, sputtering coughs, followed by gasps of air and wet heaving. He quickly got to his feet and watched as Dorothy crawled out of the remains of the cocoon. Frantically clawing at the ground, she began crawling as fast as she could in a desperate attempt to escape her captor. The lion, seeing what was happening, quickly jumped in front of her. He knew he needed to keep her from wandering back into the woods. Dorothy looked up at him, with fear in her eyes. How could the lion keep her from escaping? After everything they had been through, was he really going to feed her to that thing? The lion gently motioned with his head, gesturing for her to look behind herself. With a deep sense of caution, Dorothy slowly turned and looked. The creature was dead. Very dead. Undeniably dead. There was a wave of relief that washed over her, as her muscles immediately relaxed and her frenetic heartbeat slowed to a more normal pace. She was not sure how she was alive, but for some reason she was. Today was simply not her day to die. <laughs>